This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello one and all, welcome to Behind the Glass. I am Sam, your host, your presenter, and the man behind the YouTube channel, Seen Through Glass. This podcast aims to take you behind the scenes of the car and car social media worlds. And this week, I'm joined by my latest guest, Mr. Archie Hamilton Racing. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I think we always have to add the racing part just to remind people now. I you, don't even race. Yeah, <laughs> you honestly don't do much racing. So it's like, Archie Hamilton Racing, I used to FYI. In the, in the... Um, okay, so for those of you that haven't come across Archie before, don't know about Archie, I will let him give you an elevator pitch as to who he is and what his channel is. So basically, I used to race. <laughs> Hence well, the that's Archie how Hamilton we all met, racing. isn't it? That's literally how we that all met. That is literally how um, we met. Go on, tell uh, the story. Flashback. I'll put some romantic music. Yeah, the top, yeah, yeah. Don't actually. Uh, no, basically, I I was yeah racing, did Le Mans, all that sort of stuff. Was loving life, thinking I was going to sort of be a professional racing driver all my life. Um, didn't work out very well. At this, <laughs> at this point, Archie has started to cry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. slowly weeping into his tea. <laughs> and uh, I when and then I was assigned to be. Uh, I was just racing, instructing on all those track days and stuff. And it was Tim's manager, Mark, who called me up and he said, I've got these YouTubers and I'm, I want you to teach them. At that point, I was like, YouTube? What, what, what? what is a YouTuber? <laughs> um, and then um, we, I think you were on the first day and then we, and then we, we got on so well. Um, and then um, it was really good fun. And I saw how you guys did it and all that. And I, at that point, I didn't even think I could even do this. Still can't. And then I, and then I can't. Well, I wasn't going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah, we just all started hanging out more and more. I was in more and more of your videos. And then I was like, should I do it? And I, it was very mixed. Like, no, don't do it. Do it. A lot of people. And then I gave That's it a go. That's YouTube we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, ever since a year and a bit on, I'm absolutely loving it. And I, I, and I do get asked the question, do I miss racing? I, I do miss racing. But I, I like the trips and the adventures that this does. And I see it just, I, I'm much more sort of stable than racing. You win a race, you lose a race. And it get, I, I genuinely am loving what I'm doing. And I would, I'd happily choose this over racing at the moment any day of the week. Fair play. Well, that was a 0 to 100 miles an hour summary of your life real quick. <laughs> I'm done. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming along, Archie. Guys, tune in next week. Um, so, yes, to recap quickly, because uh, uh, just to sort of summarise for those of you, again, aren't familiar with Archie, uh, he is a fellow, I would call you a supercar YouTuber. I think we can delve into exactly, you know, what your aims are for the channel, what you kind of cover, but you've certainly joined the sort of UK pack of us supercar adventuring 
I think we call ourselves lifestyle automotive YouTubers, <laughs> uh, as full of ourselves as, as we are. Um, and we met, as you mentioned, uh, when myself, Paul from Supercars of London, uh, Shmi150, Seb Delaney, and Jay James. WW yeah. did our National B race license, which is essentially your sort of entry into motorsport in the UK. It's relatively straightforward, but we were all incredibly inexperienced and useless. So Archie was the man tasked with making sure that we didn't bin it uh, on the first corner, which I'm not sure if he really was that successful on. Uh, but that's another story for another time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to, to pin it back, because a lot of people may come across your videos, you have been um, very fortunate, but also very successful in creating some great viral content on your channel in such a short time. So people may have stumbled across you. Let's pin it back to the beginning. You mentioned racing. Yeah. What what racing did you actually do? Like, like, like let's talk through from karting. Like, what races were you in? Who did you drive for? Tell me everything. Okay, so I started when I was around eight years old karting. Had a few years off because I was at school and my dad was always telling me education is much more important, which is definitely true, but I still get out of no education. Still didn't work on you, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, when I was sort of 15, 16, I, wanted, I genuinely wanted to get back into racing. I sort of just sort of thought I want to try it again. Uh, started in Formula Ford, uh, won races in that. Which is an open wheel uh, Which is an seater. open wheel single seater uh, category. I then went to Formula Renault, um, where I finished second in in, nice. in that, which I... I Not I, first, but... No, 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 it's <laughs> second. <laughs> amazing, um, amazing. And uh, I did a couple of years of that and absolutely loved it. Okay. And the, the competitiveness of that championship was, at the time, was, was crazy. Um, after that, I did Porsche Carrera Cup. Nice, which okay. supports the touring cars and stuff um had a bit of a up and down year f- was sort of finishing fifth or sixth but it was only my first year in those cars sure. in gt cars big, oh, that's still a famous getting, category a big competitive yeah. famous category and back then it was like 35 cars i was getting wow. used to it and i was it was and then ran out of money halfway through the year which because is, let's not forget racing is incredibly expensive so i haven't told you how much i needed to raise for each of those yes, years Yes, please that would so, be really interesting. uh formula ford you're probably looking at 50 grand for the year 50 and that, and that is to run an entire season or simply enter like what? That, that that was to run a team to run you for the year okay, 50 grand. um with crash damage and that it was, it was a lot more <laughs> um <laughs> and at that point i only my dad said to me if you're going to do this you need to find sponsors and i had to go out and find five grands here and there sure. just to just to Try get to going. add up to that 50 grand and total so like formula renault put it this way I, I wanted to make the step into slicks and wings, which they called it back then. The, the classic Slick, slicks, and slicks and wings. Sounds like a was, Paul Wallace special. Yeah, it would be three grand a day just to do wow. testing. Just to do te- just to do one test three day. Three grand a day. So I'd have to scrape around and find three grand just to just to go testing. And then and I was like, right, I, I, I want to do this. And to get my Formula Renault seat, we met a guy who we knew, and he was like, okay, I'll I'll back you half the budget, but you have to find the rest as the rest of the year. I needed 150 grand for the year just to go racing. Makes Uh, me feel a little bit sick. Yeah, (laughs) it makes you feel what you're doing is very worthwhile. Um, And yeah, so that was that was that. And then and then Porsche Carrera Cup was probably again found more sponsors. It was probably 150. We ran out. And I, so it's I, a ton of cash yeah. just to partake in these series, and like you know, that's before you're doing anything. That's before you turned up. Really, is you got to yeah. find this money through sponsors. And now, uh, some people who are into their racing will know that you had your grandfather was very successful back in back in the day. Do you think that was a help or a hindrance when you were going out there? Did you kind of like names? By the way, I don't know if you know who I'm related to. Uh, or do you think people just didn't care at that point? It was you or you and your own. 
space. Sponsors didn't care. Sponsors didn't care. No, no. That is, that sponsors did I mean, it's a nice story. Sure. Because he, he won them on and it was cool and it's been a family story. And I think it's more... Yeah, I, I just... I think at the time... It, it 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 makes a nice story, but will it get you sponsors? Probably not. Uh, but what the cool part was is I raced at Le Mans sixty years after he won. Oh, it. nice! So I that was a didn't cool story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How uh, did you do? Did you win? <laughs> we retired. Classic. <laughs> uh, he must be proud. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so after the Carrera Cup, I went to GT Open and I finished second in a Porsche GT3R in the championship racing around Europe. That was my okay, first year awesome. in Europe. So I was like, okay, this is cool. International racing. International. Playboy, yeah. And then the year after that was when I did Le Mans okay. um, in LMP2, 60 years after wow. he did it. And that was cool. And that was when I realized I didn't really know what Le Mans was. I, I knew I did the support race in the Carrera Cup, but I... Doing the actual thing, it is like one of the... Well, you've been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, but I've been as a spectator. Yeah, as I a mean, spectator's enough. As a, it's enough. It's exhausting as a, as a yeah. spectator. So God knows what it must feel like to yeah. participate as a driver. Yeah. What is it something that you will remember forever? Was it a little bit more daunting? Was it great? I mean, how do you look back on that time? Uh, I look back on it and yeah, it was absolutely mega. I think, I think one of the things... I wish I, when I was racing full time, had more backing because in my head I was always like, if I crash this, I have a twenty-five grand insurance yeah, excess hanging good. over my head. I'm on my um, way to Peru. <laughs> literally, yeah, twenty-five grand excess wow. over your head, and uh, and not only that, but I did it the year after in a GT2 458 Ferrari. Okay, nice. um, yeah, very cool. You like that? <laughs> yes. Now we're getting started. <laughs> now uh, I'm listening. I was really not paying attention. Um, before. It was, yeah, it. It, it was much better. We we could have finished second. We ended up, I think we finished fifth in class. But yeah, I, I you know, those times, are, you know, you wished you had more money behind you because the stress behind going to find sponsors, it was just, I, would I go back to it? I would if if it was all lined up. If it was, and it was all lined up. Basically. Yeah, because otherwise just the stress and the amount of hours and meetings and presentations you have to get through just to get a grand, let alone Crazy. getting your... 250 yeah. and i see friends of mine racing all the time and they're they're doing all this stuff and they they're stressed out to hell and, and does it does imagine. it earn, does it earn you money well well youtube doesn't but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but does rate there's such a few percentage that, oh because uh, you've got to think in unless you get to that top top level within your category and let's face it unless you're in formula one maybe indycar or nascar in america yeah. or lmp1 as a driver or as a category it's not a lot of money flushing around. So no. if, yeah, it, I can see that you don't get as much out of it as you're pouring in in terms of time, stress and other people's money. So you ran out of money midway through, which it was the Porsche series, did you well, say? I, well, I raced after that, after the, um, yeah, Porsche, that, that happened. And then okay. I got, I did Le Mans and all that. And then I did the Corvette. I had a lot of success in the Corvette. Yeah. Once I bought one. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Story. Bad idea. Yeah. Um, no, no, um, yeah, so basically, and then I... One, but it was becoming tougher and tougher. Yeah. What did you win? Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, one race is over in the in the GT Open Championship, okay. which went around Europe again in the Corvette. That's probably the most success which I had yes. was in that car, which is cool. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it just it just got harder. It just harder. got harder and harder. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's that sad thing which, as a big motorsport fan as I am, you see endlessly of very not 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 claiming that you're a very successful driver. <laughs> um, sorry, by the way, if you don't know, me and Artie are good friends, so don't think that I'm just incredibly rude and just like ripping <laughs> no. into him. Yeah, we are. Um, but uh, kind of. But yeah, kind of good friends. Yeah, uh, associates. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, you see a lot of drivers, and you hear a lot of drivers who are clearly talented and clearly successful who literally just run out of money. Mm. Uh, and you know, there's there's only so much that. Uh, sponsors, friends, beggars, families can do to help in that scenario because it's not like, oh, hi, Shell, can I borrow five grand? Or hi, Dad, can I borrow 500 quid for some tyres? You're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah. And it's so rare that anyone can come up with that money regularly for a long amount of time. It's, it's not only that, like my family supported me to a point that they, they could. Sure. But then it was just like, it was just like if, if you, we if you yeah. crash we're gonna have to sell the house. <laughs> <laughs> but a little harsh. <laughs> uh, but it's it was the pressure was was sure. was pretty pretty intense. But it was I realised how hard it was going to be when I did Formula Renault and I was like okay the next step is Formula Three seven hundred for the year. I was like mm, I, was, I might as well not Where? even bother starting. Okay. And then if you the thing is if you start nowadays you have Formula Renault, which is probably 400 grand now to the European series. Then you have F3 Europe, which is close to a million euros. And then you have GP3, which is probably the same. And then GP2 is 2.5 million euros. It's crazy, man. And then then you're not even there. It's crazy, man. And, And that's where you hear about these sort of paid sponsors because over this time, you know, a lot of these drivers are able to pull in these big, big sponsors. That's paid for driving, essentially. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's bring it back to uh, sort of the YouTube social media supercar world because, as yeah. I say, I think maybe the majority of people listening to this will now know you from this world rather than your racing career. No one knows you from no. racing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's awkward there. An <laughs> <laughs> awkward silence. But it, it, it basically happened at sort of perfect timing because as your racing was slowing down, you ended up sort of coming across this YouTube world and... It, Tim was the first person you met, Shmi, 150? Yeah, first met Shmi, um, and I just sort of saw him, I, I remember seeing him doing it, and I was like, you know watching what? him doing He's it. He's a great person to watch, to understand what YouTube is and what it can be. I, I for sure remember, I didn't really take YouTube seriously, apart until we did a road trip uh, down to Monaco, spent like two or three weeks in Monaco, and I was with, it was me and Seb, and then Paul and Tim. And being around Paul and Tim, you go, that, Oh, thanks, so, for, thanks for knocking the mic. <laughs> it's really good audio control. Um, but no, but being around them, you go, okay, that is how you make this a business. That is how you run YouTube as a business rather than as a hobby. So I can see for you being around that going, wow, what is this guy doing with his time all day? Um, must have been quite interesting, I guess. Yeah, I saw I saw him doing it. I was like, you know what? This is, I can see why people, people like this. And at that point, I never sort of, I still never thought I could do it and make it into something that should worthwhile even watching but i think we met i think we before we met did the track day we met and i i remember speaking to you and you just got your f type okay do you remember yeah yeah, yeah. and just like, i've just made something a crazy decision like, I've <laughs> oh, just, no, financially do yeah you remember? it was a huge and we were thing, in a yeah. car i remember we were in i always remember i like, i got a very good memory uh we were in a, we were literally in a taxi and i went do you do youtube full-time and you were like no i wish mate why well, yeah. it'd be a dream to do it full-time yeah it'd be a dream and i was like and i love it and, later, and i remember I looking up on instagram i was like wow he's got like 90,000 Instagram followers like this is cool like it looked like I was like wow like and then I saw how obviously how hard it was but saw you grow yeah. to that point and I was like wow that's like it's re- it was really cool to see everyone growing but at that point I still didn't think I'm gonna do this sure because I the I think it was 
the the hindrance is when you see how confident they are on camera you're just like it obviously took you years to get to that point it's still not good <laughs> but you know what i mean and then yeah. i was like i don't think i could do it but then it obviously just went further and further along when we did the track day and uh it's a I big leap there. into the unknown deciding okay cool i'm gonna start a youtube channel and you know having that confidence to speak on camera and think about what you want to say and just feeling comfortable with it i think i still have times where i struggle with it i still go what am i saying what am i doing and and feel uncomfortable so it's always a big leap but i guess the sort of side of it which i guess why you ended up in this supercar world as opposed to anything else because you know youtube is a big open uh bowl with with opportunities but that's exactly it you were kind of exposed to our life and saw what we were doing but also through your dad and through some work that you've done yourself have been around supercars classic cars expensive cars for pretty much your life so it was kind of an area that you were knowledgeable about experienced in and if you're going to put yourself on camera you want to be talking about something you kind of know not like so this is a wooden cabinet uh, <laughs> you build it by putting this piece next to, you know do you know what i mean so five it, things i hate about my wooden cabinet yeah whilst Archie Hamilton Racing is still the name of your channel to me knowing you and knowing how we all met it is more logical as to why you ended up in the supercar world rather than racing because let's face it money wise but did, did you see that did you go I want to go into supercars yeah, yeah 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 I think yeah, I did solely because I know how hard racing is to even to pe- you know racing content we we know ourselves is very hard to come across online and on a track it's hard to get reference of speed and is it is you know it's, it's hard to come across but it was the supercars that i realized um everything all good <laughs> yeah, so <I> checking <laughs> out my mic there my levels were uh, a little, my levels were a little low so um, yeah so on. it was more i knew a lot of people in the supercar world so it made getting the supercars obtainable like to make videos um so i thought that's the most that if i'm going to put content out i'll 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 do that and i i was because my dad's side it's more classic stuff okay but i love the supercar stuff and and actually seeing you guys do it made me fall in love with supercars more because it made me more pre made me appreciate more how loved they are as well and how what you can do exhort do you know what I mean? the whole world opened up to me and i thought yeah i, I, I like this this yeah, is yeah. cool um and yeah, obviously my channel is the race, got the racing on the end. Maybe I should change that. But no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's just being different. I think of it course. was a racing driver in a supercar scene. Um, Someone who could actually drive the car. I could, yeah. Rather than the rest of us, this is like, today I'm going to drift it. Oh my God, oversteer, what? Whoa. Uh, yeah. um, no, that's me. No, I, I, mean. I, think it brings, I think something different. And I will, my, I would like to do more racing content. And it and it was, it's something which I'm open to in the future. But the supercar stuff was just, it's just what, I turn to passion, really. But you say this, if you think about it, some of your most successful videos have been the drag races. Yeah. And that's kind of really what set your channel they on fire. They are the most successful videos. But they are. No, no. But yeah. like, and it, I guess it all started with the LaFerrari and the Rimac video, yeah. which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this who may not have come across you or your channel before would have seen because that video went absolutely crazy viral. Yeah. And was that the first sort of drag race video that you'd done? Was first ever. First ever. Yeah. And then that's where you kind of went, okay, this works as a format. Let's see if I can. And that was the most this. random opportunity. Yeah, because uh, I had about four subscribers. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, we we know who to call. We'll call Archie. I tell Hamilton. you what, the weirdest thing was, I went to Brand Hatch and I was still doing my. Well, what what I when I started, I was like, right, I'm gonna do one video every single Sunday, 
and I'm going to do my one video a week. And I remember, I remember, I think we was, we spoke about it. And then that was, we're like, let's just target that. And that was one video. And on Saturday, I went to Brands Hatch and I saw the Rimac was there doing a lap around, um, around Brands Hatch. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go and talk to the, the owner of the car, see if I can get a ride content. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and start, gave him my business card. And I was like, this is what I do. I race, uh, but trying to do YouTube. Da-da. And two weeks later, they called me. And they're Amazing. like, um, yeah, we've got this opportunity to drive it, uh, the Rimac in um, Croatia. I was like, oh, awesome. Night before leaving, after they booked all my flights, they're like, yeah, yeah, just so you know, uh, you're in the LaFerrari. Uh, we're racing <laughs> against the Rimac. And then I was like, what? 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 So, so, uh, hello? Uh, yeah, and then they're like, and all our TV production people are going to film the whole lot. And I was like, sick. And then awesome. after that, after seeing that go so big, I was like, okay, there could be people like races and there could be a few things. And then the drag race series came along a lot later than that but yeah it's there's still it's, the it's, racing element that's exactly it. i mean I, I do like that because you know whilst it's not your only content obviously you're doing lots of other stuff it is something that is you know a familiar theme throughout the the channel and definitely keeps that slight racing yeah. element you know <laughs> if i just didn't to, if just i didn't cling nothing. on yeah, just yeah, cling holding on, on. i've still got it i promise you look i'm racing <laughs> um but but to to then come back i guess what did your dad make of it when you said, okay, dad, uh, putting racing on hold and I'm not going to become a YouTuber? He's like, oh, for God's sake. I think at the time I was, I was actually working with him. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was actually working with him and I was like, I'm giving this YouTube thing a go. And I was, I think even then he was just like, what? I actually, my family ripped into me. Really? On my first video. They're really? like, this is really embarrassing. Because <laughs> I think it's that thing when you know someone really well and then there's of trying course. to go. And I, and I think when my to my first videos, you're very wooden in what you because you, yeah. you don't. I didn't it's know so what I was doing. It's so I had a hundred twenty quid camera at Snetterton, didn't have a clue. Hi guys, <laughs> and welcome to the channel. I know you've been wanting this for years. No, I don't. And it was just really daunting. And I think I, I think he sort of always said to me, if you can make something work and you love what you do, follow that. Fair play. Um, and he's all. I've never. The family business is something, um, well, if, if anyone at home doesn't know, we buys and sells classic cars and has done for, my dad's done it for, what, And pretty well. I mean, like, you years. know, like GT4, it's, yeah, GT40s, this is not like MGB yeah. Roadsters, yeah. like, this is proper, proper stuff. And he doesn't fund my lifestyle before anyone's yeah. asking that as well. <laughs> but the, no, he's yeah. had, but he's had a lot of success and I've had, I've got the utmost respect of what he's done, you know, selling GTOs and stuff is, you know, he's one of the most known guys in that scene. Um, and a lot of people said, why did you not go in, why did you not follow in his footsteps? I think, the knowledge of what he's done is in his head and that and our generation is very different because it's very supercar based and he's finding it harder and harder every day just because the supercar scene is kind of taking over and, of and there's not many people to so I, and, and the modern classics the fact you can get limited like look at gt2 rs's look at f12 tds burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com that are coming out and doubling in value overnight I know suddenly his world is a little bit like well why do I want an E-type no exactly I know but he but sorry I'm not signing up for your business if you're listening yeah. uh, <laughs> love you dad yeah but yeah no, there's, al- there's always going to be someone who wants those cars but my passion was more the supercar scene sure. they said if you can make it work do it and it took me I think seven seven six seven months of doing the one video a week and then i was like okay i'll do two videos a week sure and i was like okay this is starting to become something and i remember always talking to you i was like sam when did you go full-time with youtube i was like because you everyone wants to say you're a full-time youtuber yes yeah, um, cool and i think you were like it was at 100k yeah. where i could actually go justify what i did it was that you know what it was the first time i told people when they asked like what are you up to what are you doing when i hit 100k was the first time i mentioned the channel i didn't tell a soul i'm talking really? about like my family i think probably like my direct family and maybe a couple of best mates kind of knew roughly what i was doing but anyone else i didn't tell until i had 100k that really? i literally just didn't mention it and then yeah. at 100k i was like oh you know it's kind of funny i've been doing like this like youtube thing like it's still <laughs> tiny like, and i was still quite vague about it yeah um and then i think i went full time just a, just after that like 110k so yeah. around that time i was like okay screw it Let's you know you got to put 110. percent Yeah, yeah, 110 seems right. Yeah, yeah, 110. <laughs> um, so, so it, it is a weird way. It, you know, it takes a while. So you said about six or seven months. Was it a was it a financial moment? Was it a views moment? Was it a motivational moment? What made you think, okay, I want to do this full time? Well, I always said doing it like, and I I spoke to you guys about it, and you said just don't do this for the money. And I always knew I didn't want to do it for the money. It wasn't that. If I could get by, but make videos and enjoy it, what I did, then I was, I was fine. It was more the time I was putting into it. I was like, I'm filming more and more and more, getting more opportunities because the channel's growing. So I, we, we edit our videos ourselves. It means late nights. To have a nine to five job during the week, I would have to film just on weekends and it would limit opportunities. So I thought, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give this a go. And it was more... I think I was, I realized that I was going to try and do it full time more when I was at sort of like 90, but I wasn't going to announce it was full time. Till I, <laughs> I think, yeah. And I, and then when it got to a hundred, I was like, okay, this is starting to become something and more, more and more brands are working with me. I'll go full time. See where it it's goes. It's quite a terrifying commitment at that point, because as you say, you hopefully start out for the enjoyment of it, for the love of the enjoyment. And that is the right way to kickstart a YouTube channel is not to say, I want the money. I'm chasing money. But the minute you say this is my full-time job, it's all about the money because how else do we live? You yeah. know, like, of course, if you start a channel much later into your life and you have existing money put in place, great, you've got a kind of nest egg there that you can you can dive into. But p- personally for me, I'd been working, I think, to that point, eight years or something like that, but always in relatively low-paying jobs. I didn't make tons of money. So no. I had a tiny nest egg and I went, right, if I don't make a cent from YouTube, I could last the entire year paying my mortgage, paying my blah, 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 and I'll be broke by Christmas. So I know that no matter what, I've got 12 months, or at that point it was 10 months, to survive. 
But it's terrifying because you are then chasing money. Because every time you're like, you're like, I need to make the money. I know I could have afforded to have just about lived, but it's so it's a quite a weird switch of mentality. And the pressure and the things change. And did you notice that? Did you feel that when you went, okay, this is all I'm doing now? Did it become a different beast to you? Or is it still the fun, free, happy thing that it was when you started? I think it's, it's still, it still is fun of what we do of it like but you you do start thinking of the financial thing like well why did i get no brand deals for like three months <laughs> and they're like we well, made rubbish content no it's more it is more um there's a different pressure there's to it, a different, right? there is a different pressure to it but i still think the satisfaction of when you edit a video it goes down well it gets good views and you know that everyone loved it well you must know that it is like the best feeling when you make a video which you've clickbaited and everyone's abusing you you realize what the <laughs> hell am i doing what is that like archie i've never experienced that can we are we allowed to talk about let's that? talk can about we just, it okay yeah. so uh one sort of controversy i suppose with archie's channel how long ago was this now maybe six months i think it was around top ago. marks wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. it so it's a bit at a the beginning of the year had to come out and apologize yeah archie went a little bit hard on the clickbait which is a very <laughs> tempting thing to do on youtube the yeah. algorithms of youtube the way that youtube is at the minute is built around fast play fast paced clickbaity big thumbnail videos <laughs> and you got really caught up in it and the audience ate your life for yeah it. and it, you became the clickbait king and you came out with an apology so wh- what happened talk us through it uh i think yeah i i did i i did one video i was young yeah <laughs> oh, i was young no i did one video where i thought okay the title is a li- okay it's not it was a, a video i struggled with and i struggled to get a title out of it but i made a title out of it but saw the video still did well because i got a the title out of it i thought Oh, okay. If I make my titles a bit like less to do what goes less in the video, accurate and less more attractive, accurate. yeah. And then I did one video which I knew I'd taken it too far, and and then I was like, but I think we've all done it in some sort of way. Oh my but I god! Think I'd I'd I hadn't I hadn't been through it to realize the what I was side. doing, the yeah. negative side, and I I did it, and then I. I learned massively because at the time of doing it, I was like, why do, does no one really want to work with me? Because they don't. No. They generally think... It's because there's negativity around there's the negati- channel. negativity around the channel. And the moment I stop that, I'll be, I'll be totally honest, I got brand deals. Mm. And I never well, yeah. got a brand deal before. And, you know, there's a few different ways of looking at this. Firstly... Um, Everyone does this. I mean, I don't know if you saw this week, Shmi 150. Yeah, I've seen um, it. I've yes. seen it. He put out a video, <laughs> uh, Did I Crash Into My McLaren or something like that, which yeah. is like a poster. It was awful. And I don't know why he did it, but everyone is to blame for it. And as I say, YouTube as a place, unfortunately, has gone in this direction. Yeah. And, and it feeds clickbait and it feeds these kind of titles and this kind of thumbnails. So I don't think anyone can blame you for giving it a go. The problem is there's... There's a sort of YouTube audience army who are like on this patrol of like, you know, oh, clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. We have to market our videos. Yeah. It's like when Yorkie or Dairy Milk or Killer, you know, best cereal bar, you know, the tastiest, yeah. the most. That's marketing. Yeah. You're not going to type a video where, okay, let's say it's me driving a McLaren P1, I don't know, where in South of France. You're not going to be going, Driving 900 horsepower McLaren uh, on a road in the south of France on a sunny day. Because 
Who no, cares? You're going to no. be like, this is the craziest car I've ever driven. I nearly died. Yeah, because you, it's marketing. You've got to catch people's eyes. And yeah. that is a huge part of it. But there's definitely a line. There's a line. Like Tim proved, unfortunately, <laughs> with did I crash into my McLaren? No, it's did I crash into a poster of my McLaren? Yeah. You know, it, it, you, you can't con the audience. You just want to think of the way to title the video that will Im- want people want to click through to it yeah so yeah as i say uh, it was a very funny it was, time it was a, it, it was, wasn't a very nice time for you it's horrible it was a horrible time because the it's a very negative space when you're starting doing that and it is isn't it? and you you just think and the thing is when you're in that space you think i need to make the next video what i want people to watch but if is this going to go down badly as well because they're they're scrutinizing everything you do sure so what i did is i took a total step back okay realized um I'll, I'll take a step back and it was actually quite a good time because I was actually looking for my new car and it was made sure. and, and then and then it just sort of made things better and I think now yeah you, you can't lie but you like it's like when you go into a, like, like you say with the, the Yorkies mm. the uh, a newspaper on the yeah, back absolutely. on the back page of a newspaper what how does it, how does the sun sell a paper they put a title on the back which so I think it is selling your video for but sure. you cannot con the audience something has to you have can't a fair, lie. like like the one last night. I mean, me and Paul were talking about tuning the car, the car to a thousand brake. I didn't say I did it, but is sure. it time? And I put a question of on course. it. Then it's fine. But if you, if I said I tuned my car to a thousand brake and you didn't, then you're just p- people are clicking on something and it doesn't happen. They're disappointed. You can't as lie. long as That's something exactly happens it. in the video for more than thirty seconds that has a element of it, then you can yeah. cite it. Because another thing is that. You when when you are doing this full time, you sort of think, oh, what the what what am I going to film? Like, what's the title of this going to be? And sometimes you get caught up in thinking of a title before you film, and then it limits your content. For sure. So what I've actually learned recently is film everything. So I'm not the mic again. Um, it's cool. It's <laughs> working with unprofessionals. Um, film everything and come up with a title at the end of it. That's exactly. If it doesn't make the cut when you've edited it, don't upload it. I think that's what I've learned. Yeah, that's exactly it. And to, to touch back on something else, which I think is important to discuss, uh, is the brand deal side, the commercial partnership side of things, which you mentioned. Uh, in, you know, Once you sort of stopped doing that clickbait, you started to get approached by brands. Now, something which I've seen a few different videos talking about, and there's a sort of general misconception I find with YouTube in terms of commercial partnerships and brand deals that, oh, you've sold out, it's AIDS, like, what are you doing? Yeah. But the minute YouTube becomes a profession, you have to find as many ways to make money as possible. That is simply it. We are trying to make careers to be able to provide content for our audience. Of course, we're extremely lucky. We are loving everything we are doing. We've got, the, I think, the best jobs in the world. But we need to somehow make money from doing that. Now, what's been amazing that I've found in the automotive space in the last kind of 18 months is that a lot of global brands have started to reach out to us and provide amazing content opportunities which are paid now for me personally and I, I know that you're the same I would never like to work with a brand that doesn't either have symmetry with what I do or is a brand that I don't appreciate or like I've always used it as an example over and over again if L'Oreal approached me for a hair care campaign <laughs> being a bald man I would not do that campaign even if it had a ludicrous amount of money behind it because yeah. what is the point it makes no sense but for example, on my side, Shell and Sebastian Vettel, you did... Yeah, I hope a, you were going to drop that in, weren't well, you? Well, no, because you did... <laughs> was it Esso and Mobile One yeah, with yeah, Max yeah. Verstappen? Yeah. Like, opportunities like that are things that I would only have dreamed of five years when I was sat behind a bloody laptop in an yeah. office. Ridiculous. Okay, you get to go... And, have, and at that point, it's awesome 
content for the audience like yeah. i want to share something like that with my audience and the fact that i'm then also helping shell promote some of their messages great because i use shell every day so yeah. i don't mind so i do think it's an important part of it but it's another side that you can easily mess up on. And if you're doing clickbait and there's negativity, you can also work with brands in the wrong way. And I think, you know, it would be like me doing L'Oreal and I'm just filming a video with, I don't know, a P1. And then I go, by the way, guys, just if you want to know how luxurious my hair looks today, check out L'Oreal. Like, so... <laughs> there's it, a line. Yeah, we're constantly having to manage, um, you know, doing this as a profession, but also doing it the right way. So... I think you have to be applauded for being able to realize that you were doing something wrong and taking a step back, re, you know, assessing the channel and pushing forward. And it has now led to you what I want to sort of summarize on with owning an R8 V10 Plus <laughs> and having an RS3 saloon as a daily provided by Audi. I mean, what, like how? Six months ago, and I was like, Archie's going to quit YouTube. Guys, it's gone downhill. He's going to give up. He's crying. You have now somehow ended up with one of the coolest cars on the market and one of the badass dailies possible for free. So <laughs> Tell please, me how it. please explain how that happened. Well, I... Yeah, so I remember the first car... So when, when I started YouTube, I had an old Audi A1 and I was cruising around and it, I remember I, it was actually Tim who had to boost the car because it ran out of battery <laughs> after one night. Shmi 150, always with the jump cables. Always there with those always cables. Always prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then I realised when I was doing more and more videos, I needed something to talk about. So I bought the A45 and I couldn't afford it. It's like, like I'm a couple of four hundred pounds a month. I think. Okay. I like, I financed like, car. Financed car. Four hundred pounds like, a month. I was like, right, okay, this is a big commitment for me. Big motivation though. Big to motivation then, yeah. to carry on. And and then I saw that the, that content went, blah blah blah. What kept going? Because it was a storyline of owning a car, the things you could do with yeah. it, what it's like to own that car, yeah. which people do appreciate seeing. They okay. appreciate seeing that. And then I, they, I then I, I got the Corvette, <laughs> which you're gonna love. <laughs> Hi, it's Sam. I'm thinking about buying a Corvette. What do you think? Oh, you don't do it. It's really not a great car to have in the UK. Cool, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought, well, I, I okay, so I took that leap, the financial leap. I was like, okay, I want to take my channel to the next step. I so want let, to But get just to, to sort of recap slightly, you had been doing the channel now for, you weren't at 100K, what were you, maybe no, well, 75, Maybe 80K? I was at 80K. 80K, you'd been doing it for six or seven six, months. Six, seven months. Obviously, ad revenue started coming up, you were starting to get some commercial deals, and you yeah. thought, okay, I could probably stretch a little bit further that with my stretching month. stretching everything. Oh, really? It that was, was a big leap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was stretching everything. Oh, wow, everything. okay. I, yeah, stretch, literally stretching everything. But that's because you saw with the A45, you stretched, and it was kind of a good stretch, and it forced you to yeah. work harder, and, and you thought, I might as well do it again. I was hoping that I would get things off the back of it and okay. views would pick up sure big uh, big big risk <laughs> <laughs> big, you know just gonna put all my money into one basket anyway. one yeah, yeah but i think i just i was like right i'm gonna take the risk whatever here we, sure. here we go and how um, did it work out for you yeah great um i love I, do you know what i i test drove loads of different cars the series went on for about a year and uh, <laughs> and um we remember yeah and uh i saw it and i thought that's something different and I, the presence of it and everything else. And I thought, you know what? Left-hand drive, that'd be all right. I'll get used to that. And then I drove it for like a week. In a right-hand drive country. In a hedge, the, constantly. In, in a hedge. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought, I can't overtake on b It's a wide car and as it's well. A big car. It's a really Driving wide it in car. London, I can't park in... Multi stories, underground car parts, because you're going to have to lean out the other side to get a ticket every time. I, I was on eBay, looking, I was on eBay looking for a stick for parking. <laughs> <laughs> for 
freaking oh, multi-story car. That would have been the best video ever. You know the things picking up rubbish? That would have been the best video ever. I bought a stick to push the button on a multi-story um, car. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was, and then it, got it wasn't the, what it was hoped to be. And I, I remember when I did the Goodwood um, Festival Speed. We yeah. had a lot of people down there. It was cool. And, and, uh, and the car was on display. And I was driving home that night and I thought, you know what? I don't really, I don't think I like this car anymore. I think I'm out of love of it. Because mm. I think so many people ask me questions. So why did you buy that? Like, no one I, went, oh, I love your car. They, they, they kind of did, but I think they're just being nice. <laughs> um, <I've>, <laughs> like, I love your rap on the Audi yeah, R8. Yeah. Again, the same thing. Um, and, I, and I just thought, you know what? I, I, I might have to sell this. But I thought, how am I going to sell it? And I remember going online and looking. Is that, and then a couple of more came over to the country. And I thought... And they're going cheaper than what I bought. So I was like, oh God, I'm I'm screwed. Like I if I if I can't sell this, I'm never gonna be able to get anything else. That's it. Sure. I'm just gonna I'll go back to the A forty five and that'll be me done. Um and it was actually a couple of hours later, Dub Customs called me up and they said, Someone's come to look you know, drop their car off and they want to buy your car. And I was like, I'll give you I'll give you more than you paid for it. Sounds and awesome. I was like done. Go, done. So I, I did the deal and um at that point, I was like, "That's insane!" Phew. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm lucky to, you know, to get out of it. Sure. But also, it was actually nice because the guy who bought the car was just passionate about that car, okay. and he was passionate about American cars, and it went to the right place. And I was like, "Perfect!" Like that. Someone who just that was the per- it was going to go to someone like that, and he appreciated it and stuff like that. But it allowed me to then straight away call up Redline and be like. Do you have an RA? Sure, Redline Eyes, um, Supercar Specialist Dealership. Sorry, uh, up, you just keep knocking that mic. That's fine. Uh, up, up north, um, where TGE, <laughs> previous guest on Behind the Glass, has bought a few cars from before. Um, so yeah, because because of course you've taken this gamble, stretched a lot of your money uh, with the way that financing usually works. Is you put in a deposit, you obviously have your monthly payments, and then when you sell the car, hopefully you get that deposit and maybe a little bit more back if you've done a clever deal. But you actually sold the car for more than you paid for it. So I'm assuming you suddenly got quite a bit of lump of cash back that you thought well now I could go and buy something even better I just got the deposit back basically okay, I got okay, the deposit fine. back and I was like I got out I had a car for three months and, and you I, knew you could manage to pay for it it wasn't the burden that you yeah. assumed it might have yeah, been yeah. Like, this, is I, doable. Yeah, this is doable I like, okay. and, I, and I thought when I, I actually went through the comments of when I bought was looking at the cars and then it was one of the comments that stood out was you want an R8 and then I thought there's nothing really... I mean, I was looking at 540s. Oh, hello. <laughs> should have bought yours. Oh, you could have. Um, and I thought McLaren, that's nah, a step too far in terms of where I'm financially at the moment. That's that's, sure. that's not going to happen. And then Speaking Redline, from experience, yeah. it's a step too far for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought, I can't. I literally can't. I need to have a quiet word of myself. And then um, the R8, I managed to get a good deal with uh, with Redline as well. And then I was just like, yeah, this is... Done. I think R8. this is I think this in is In terms it. of... Value for money, what you're getting performance-wise, yeah. usability-wise, tech, sound. I mean, it's the best car. It is, it is, it is wicked. Um, and it, when I remember when I left, I was like, this is awesome, but it needs an exhaust. <laughs> I'm a YouTuber. Cue exhaust, rap, and selling video. So when, when is that selling video coming up? <laughs> I don't want to sell that car. No, no. I love that car. Yeah, yeah. And I think... So I'm, we could expect the selling video in three months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so next week, um, I I tell you what, people expect that, but yeah. it, I, th- I think they 
because of the Corvette situation, I think they think, oh, all he's going to do is sell it. Yeah. But value for money, it is where the, else yeah. do you go? Oh, honestly, from, from that point, and we're going to wrap things up a little bit because we've slightly already gone over our time, but um, I think it's the big Stop thing. Stop trying to kick me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, seriously, leave my house now. Um, it's the big thing. You know, we're very spoiled uh, doing what we do. We get exposed to lots of amazing cars. Our friends seem to endlessly buy incredible cars. I mean, God damn it, TGE is always buying the best cars on the market. And so therefore our attention gets pulled left, right, and center. And right now, you're in love with that R8, and I do think it's the... Where do you go from there that's going to have the same... But that's not to say that in three months' time, you won't be invited on the press drives for the new Aston Martin Vantage and go, oh my God, it's the first day in the tower. <laughs> so I'm always slightly hesitant to be like, this is the best car I've ever had, because we love cars. We yeah, love we cars. Know and where we're, it's gonna go. we're very fortunate that we can be fickle and jump in and out of things. And at this point in my life, I'm young, and I can do it and it might bankrupt me and I might look back in 10 years and go why the hell did I spend all that money on cars but what, what else am I going to spend money on I love cars yeah so anyway I'm very happy for you because I think it's an amazing car you, I, I, <laughs> the rap is questionable <laughs> But personal opinion, but I think bravo for doing it. No, it's brave. It's unique. No, it stands it's, out. Can I can I explain why I have a, no why, why no because we've already gone over our limit. I, I want to push people through to your channel. If you don't know why I'm what I'm talking about, uh, why I think the rap is <coughs> vomit, um, please make sure you go and find Archie. Everyone so, loves it. Uh, YouTube Archie Hamilton Racing. Yeah. Instagram Archie Hamilton Racing. Yeah. Twitter, Archie Hamilton Racing. I haven't used it in about a year. Don't follow him on Twitter then. <laughs> Anything else you want to shout out? No, no, out? no, that, that, was, that was it. It's, yeah, just, okay. it's been emotional to be So here. it's been great. Um, a number of Archie Hamilton Racing videos on my YouTube channel, Seen Through Glass as well. So you can head there and just type in Archie Hamilton. Do you remember the E-Type one? Glass. The E-Type one. We did do an E-Type <laughs> one. That was amazing. Classic your dad. Classic yeah. your dad. Trying to flog an E-Type. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's been great having you uh, on the show, on the podcast. No, I appreciate cool. you coming along. I think it's a great idea, by the way. Thank you so much. I, so I genuinely listen to it in the car or oh, the TG great. one I'm going to listen to this one as well <laughs> listen to yourself back uh, I hope you guys haven't found Archie too annoying um, yeah I do apologise but uh, as I say uh, thanks much for again uh, that <clears throat> Okay, clearly my coffee's wearing off. Uh, thank you once again for joining. Uh, everyone listening, make sure you are subscribed for future episodes of Behind the Glass. Uh, I'm still on iTunes to search Seen Through Glass or Behind the Glass and on soundcloud.com forward slash Seen Through Glass. And one day I will be on the other outlets as well. God knows when that will be. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 